This podcast is a member of the Place to Be Nation family. Visit us at placetobenation.com, the only place to be in your pop culture world. Nation, welcome to episode 38 of Chicken Slides as year four of the pod begins in earnest. My name's Ben Locke and let me bring in my two co-hosts. First of all is a man who is going to be having his own Great American Batch in about two hours time as he has a party to get to. It is the Prince of Inappropriateness himself, Logan Crosland. Yes, yes, yes. I do have a bash to attend. And speaking of bashes, we have a bash to talk about here tonight. So, but we, I'll let you introduce our other co-host before we get to that. We we do indeed. We do indeed. Uh, my other co-host is a man who had his own great Scottish bash or other bodily fluids and things that are available when his beloved Drew finally decided to get off his arse and return at Money in the Bank. It is Callum McDougall. Oh, oh, yes! It's probably how you heard me on Saturday, on uh, Saturday evening, just past. Uh, yes, hello, gentlemen. This is. I, I'm glad. I'm glad to be back. Uh, on from from a brief trip to Cloud Nine when uh, when the big man came back. All is right with the world. Drew Mac is back. Was was the good lady in the house at the time? Because you know, I, you, know you, you you were very loud. I remember that. Yeah, no, she wasn't. But she was when I was thoroughly embarrassed when I uh, when I when I showed sent of the clip. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> thoroughly embarrassed and was told, "Do you remember we have neighbours?" <laughs> were you like? Was she like showing it to a friend, saying, "That's right, that's my fella." <laughs> <laughs> that's my boy. <laughs> that's my. That's the one I'm having. <laughs> right. Um, okay, Logan. It was your turn to pick the show that we are talking about tonight. So, what did you go for? So, from the premise of this very show, we we you know we uh, pick bad wrestling shows to watch, of course, uh, as you've probably joined us for 37 episodes prior. Um. And uh, this has always been on the list. Um, I think we've kind of uh, ignored it and kind of bypassed it for reasons that we didn't want to watch it. Um, but I finally said, this is the year we've got to do it. And I picked Great American Bash 2004. I think I think one of the other reasons we didn't do it is because, as regular listeners to the show will know, the June show is usually a quote-unquote good show. So we like to live watch that. Mm. And, we, and I think that was part of the reason we kept putting it off and putting it off. But then I looked at the actual date of the show, and I think June 26th, so it was like very late June, early, you know. So good, it, Great American Bash you always associate with July anyway. So mm. I think it, I think it fits. I think it fits. But yeah, we, we've got we've got to rip that plaster off now. Frankly, um, Callum, um, how many times exactly have you watched this show? Maybe once or twice? Uh, no, once. What? This, this week was the first time I have ever gone back to watch this show. 
Uh, poor bastard. Uh, yes, I know. I, 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 it was one of these ones that always intrigued me, but the July pay-per-view... Oh, sorry, the June paper. No, by this point, we must have just been fully on Sky's box office. And it's, yes, it's okay. never, it's never really, as as my notes will attest, it, SmackDown isn't what it used to, isn't what it used to be at this point. I'm, I'm, uh, getting, so, I'm getting, I'm getting there with my recollections of it. Uh, uh, Logan, how many, how many times have you watched this since probably 2004? Probably once or twice. I didn't watch it live, so watch it since network availability. So yeah. Yeah, um, like I and like like Callum sort of alluded to, we we went fully box office with the pay per views after WrestleMania twenty. So obviously this is just a couple of months after that. So yeah, I think I watched it. I think I watched it once when I first had the network as like a curiosity, and then I just never bothered again until t- <laughs> until watching it for this show. You said fuck it. <laughs> Basically, yes. Also, I can also Logan. I will very quickly mention. I don't know if Callum's been on the network in the last day, but we've we've had a brand new interface for the network over here, which was quite 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 funky to get around. They've got re- they've got rid of the year paper the pay per views by year thing, which is annoying. But that's the only that's the only thing I've got so far. Oh yeah, that's that seems annoying. Does it have the seasons now? It has the seasons, so you know you have so you still have like you know NXT you know by year, Raw by year. But you know, but we used to have the pay per views by year, and they've got rid of that now. So it's just like WrestleMania, SummerSlam, Royal Rumble. Gotcha. Anyway, that's it. That's just a aside. But you know, we just like to fill you in. Um, so, gentlemen, if we are ready, let us go to that hotbed of wrestling pay per views, Norfolk, Virginia. Uh, Logan, is Norfolk, Virginia near you? That's no, my first it is, question. It, it is quite far away. That would probably be about an eight or nine hour drive from where. Uh, I okay. Was. okay. It's more in uh, Sean and Ship territory. So. Yeah. Ah, so oh, so we're talking. We're talking. Oh, we're up in the. Oh, we're talking up in the east, the far east. Yeah, it's kind of the mid-Atlantic kind of area. So it's right, ah. right, right above North Carolina. So if you kind of know where that is, it's. <laughs> Right I think there. I think I think Nate has frequented the Godfather has frequented many a show at the Norfolk Scope. I think it's in his ah, neighborhood. Yeah. I think that's I think See, is that not when he got noised is that not when he got um noised up by Mean Jane Oakland at a nitro taping or something? Is that not <laughs> the, 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 how, how the story goes? See, who says this show is not an education sometimes? <laughs> So as I say, let us go to North Virginia for the Great American Bash 2004. We begin with a patriotic intro video focusing in on the WWE title match, the US title match, and of course, the Concrete Crypt. Tori Wilson then comes out in her best Uncle Sam gear and welcomes us all to the Great American Bash. A running theme throughout the night is the Divas in their best red, white, and blue gear. Um... Logan, I don't know about you, but I feel, you know, no disrespect, Callum, that this was th- those kind of shots. We were miss- we're missing our good friend Sean there because, you know, he would be either. I get the feeling there would be all kinds of feet discussion and all that and trains and things. I don't know about you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and he's not a fan of blondes either, though. So the, there's no, no. that as well. So he he would have had a tough time with this one. But um, yeah, I've never wanted to bang Uncle Sam before. But the, there's that. <laughs> I had that had that going on uh, at the beginning. And, of I, the show, so. and I also I also get the feeling Dora Marie is like pure smell club. I don't know if that's uh, you, you might you might tell me you might tell me later. I think I think she's definitely a candidate. I don't know if she's like prime. I club, I would be astounded if Sean 
has a thing for Don Marie. I would be absolutely <laughs> I'd shock to my core. I was like, I was like, actually, shockingly, Sable's more of a uh, smell club candidate for Sean. He hates her, so yeah, there yeah. And, and as we discovered on the last episode, he has a type. Bucks and brunettes, yes, absolutely. Yes, yes. <laughs> Our hosts for this evening are Michael Cole and Taz. And Cole lets us know that tonight is the first Great American Bash in four years. This show might be genuinely, I'm, I'm saying this genuinely, this this might be the high point of Michael Cole and Taz, the commentary team, because of the shit they have to deal with tonight. They are basically just riffing on each other all night. And, and as we'll discover, it's quite hilarious at times. Our first match of the evening is for the United States Championship. It pits John Cena, Rene Dupree, Rob Van Damme, and Booker T against each other. This is an elimination rules match. The Doctor of Thugonomics does a rap on all his opponents to fill some time, and he genuinely does fill some time. It's about three minutes of rapping. Unfortunately, though, it's a John Cena being a face rap, so it's not that good. Um, Callum, I will say, I'll go to you first about this match. I will say this, this match had like one of my, the spots I don't know why more wrestlers, even in kayfabe, do, where if it's an elimination rules match, just stand outside and just don't do anything. Just like the other two or three beat each other up for a bit. Yeah, I had... <clears throat> that's one of my first notes, is that Booker was... was had the, the story of Booker doing nothing by himself <laughs> through the whole match was excellent. It doesn't need, it doesn't need to it doesn't need to beat three men, it just needs to beat one, which mm. I think was, was excellent. Um, and, and then him stealing, him stealing the one from... Uh, from Dupree... Oh, sorry, from Cena on Dupree was again just it was just let other people do the work for you. It was he was it. He, I've got he's he was the MVP of uh, of the match for me, and it was quite great. And at the end, that, that Cole and Taz were trying their best to say that Cena overcame the odds, and they were oh, it was our John Cena. Did, John Cena was excellent. Booker T did all the work. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, and uh, <clears throat> and do you know what? He had def- he had every right to do nothing. Because he was he, he, he had the rib of the century from Cena's uh, rap where he made a GI Bro reference. Yes. Which excellent well, GI Bro whose last appearance, you know, put a wee bow on it. His last appearance was it Bash at the Great American Bash two thousand, I think. Possibly. Good research. good research. Uh, yeah. I'll, I'll back you up. Um uh, yeah, so it was aye, it was fine. But the, the biggest heel move of the match came from John Cena when he eliminated Rob Van Dam. Have oh, haven't done none of the work. Yeah, so yeah. Plucky white meat baby face there, uh, and also him coming out in a Michael Vick jersey for a, for a cheap pop. Even though if you watch the John Cena had the Mike Vick uh, jersey, but if you watch the opening um, package, it was Kurt Angle that had three dogs in this fight. <laughs> now, now, oh, oh Logan, Logan just like that. I'm just playing. That was pretty good. <laughs> it's two, two and a half for me perfectly competent yeah i went i went 2.75 um i thought it was i thought it was a bit too plodding considering news in there but it's perfectly fine as an opening because cena and rvd are that over uh but logan i'll come to you as well as well as your thoughts on the match this was sort of for me this was the part of the beginning well the beginning part of the problem with this show instead of being a four-way match this could have quite easily have been Either two singles matches between these two, these three, these four guys, or even 
swap JBL into put JBL into this as the great American winning the US title and put one of the other four into the world title match. Yeah, uh, th- this starts a trend of the show for sure that like everything gets about five m- more minutes than it probably should have. I feel like everything on this show, this show is like particularly a little bit longer than it probably should be, especially some of these uh, what should have been jobber matches that we're going to have coming up. <laughs> um, but uh, I went three on the match. I thought it was pretty good four way. Um, this match is proof that they had plans for uh, bigger plans for Rene Dupree, uh, but I think he had a kind of a bad attitude and his lack of like getting better didn't really advance him uh, any further. But they definitely looked like they were trying to give him some somewhat of a super push at this point. Um, I like Callum said. I love that Booker lets the other guys just kind of wear themselves out, just chills outside. Um, RVD finally has enough of it and actually throws Booker in the ring, and he then he stands around and waits around for a little bit of action to happen. Um, I always love when Taz sings along with the French Tickler dance. That's always the best. <laughs> oh, I'm a French Tickle guy. <laughs> All that good stuff. Um, Booker has that awesome like snap spinebuster he does. He did it did a pretty one of the did a pretty good one of those in this one. Um, I love that Cena kind of sneaks in and uh, steals uh, RVD's elimination by kind of rolling him up after he hit two big five-star frog splashes. Um, I like that uh, Booker T tries to get like a two-for-one special, like C- Cena uh, FUs Renee, and then he scissor kicks Cena, so he tries to pin Renee and then get Cena at the same time, so I thought, I thought that was a pretty smart little thing. Um Match once it gets down to Booker and Cena is fine. Uh, I don't think they have the best chemistry in the world. I, they have a best of five or best of seven series. I think the following year, and it's not the best, but um, it is, I, actually maybe that's later in this this year actually. So, um, but yeah, it's, it's, those matches just don't ever seem to hit real well. So, but um, yeah, I thought it was pretty good opener. So, uh, not not an indictment of what the rest of the show will look like, but uh, I thought it was pretty solid. <laughs> yeah, I think I think. Cena and Book is it? Cena and Book is it? SummerSlam, isn't it? But I think yes, that's, that's just right. like. And then did they do the best of? No, then the best. And then they do the best of. Set, then that's Book of Benoit, isn't it? Sorry, my mistake. They do a best getting, of five this year with them too. I know because. Oh it, Book! I mean, everybody says Tony Khan's watching the tournaments of best of. So I mean, oh, don't confuse me, Booker. <laughs> <laughs> After the match, gents, we go backstage where John Cena has made it made it to the backstage area, and he is congratulated by Charlie Haas and Miss Jackie. This angers Kurt Angle, who there sets up a match between Charlie and Luther Reigns, which will be coming up next. Sable is in the hot tub already and lets us know that this will be where the interviews will all take place tonight. Sable then does an interview with the biggest star of all herself i won't bore you with the details except to say it was quite whiny and self-indulgence shock horror our next match then in the ring is between charlie haas and luther reigns logan i'll come to you first um my first note will please you greatly because i've put um seeing jackie gives me highway ptsd yeah, yeah, that, that was exactly how I felt. I was like, what, how, how do we happen to pick the one other show that, that Miss Jackie would be on? Uh, but yeah, she gave me a little PTSD when I saw her. Um, uh, I, but good, good. Go I was going. No, I was going to say, as for the as for the match itself, uh, like you sort of mentioned in the first in during the first match, this is the first of our job our jobber fest, for lack of a better word. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this definitely should have been a jobber fest, but. Uh, 
unfortunately, it gets seven minutes, um, and I don't think <laughs> Luther Reigns and Charlie Haas should get seven minutes in any situation. Um, my first note says, whoever decided this was going to be anything more than a squash should have gotten fired immediately after this happened. I, I, I don't think the match was, like, full-on horrible, but it certainly wasn't very good at all either. It was, it was pretty bad, but it just wasn't, like, the worst thing I've ever seen. It's probably not the worst thing we'll see tonight. Um, Reigns greenness and Haas just not being over with the crowd, uh, and they didn't give a shit the whole time, uh, made it, uh, you know, boring to watch for sure. Uh, I thought the finisher that Luther Reigns hit was pretty cool, but I went one star on it just because I think it's like the best of the worst that we're going to get to eventually. <laughs> so, um, yeah. I, I went 1.25 because like, like you say, I did quite like that finisher to be fair. I mean, Callum, if this match, if this match had been between, let's say, Tatanka and Adam Bomb in nineteen ninety three on Superstars, you'd have watched it. But you ain't watching this on pay per view, are you? Paying for this? No, nothing says value for money like an impromptu Charlie Haas versus Luther Reigns match. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, we did get we did get a Luther Reigns call. <laughs> so I forgot this match was on here. I remember there's one other match that I forgot was on because I, I know roughly what the card was even though I've never seen it I knew didn't know this one would, would happen I didn't know another one would happen I remember uh, Hardcore Holly match because that's that's gone down in, in, in folklore but I'm just thinking <laughs> it's instead of it's instead of putting this shit on pay-per-view and making people pay for it I understand this when people didn't pay for this because they didn't know what was happening just make the event shorter <laughs> just make it if you've got nothing to give me just make it an hour and a half. I'll pay a tenner for it. I will just pretend it never happened. But there's no just reason go, for this to be on, on pay-per-view. Just go old school in your house on it. Oh. <laughs> hour and three quarters, two hours, $15. We're fine. In, out, shake it all about. We're fine. Do the hokey uh, Exactly. Uh, uh, look... So yeah, you mentioned you mentioned our first Luther Reigns call of the night, but we also had I also quite like Taz's um, Taz turning director and demanding shots of Jackie every two seconds. <laughs> I mean, I didn't like I didn't like the shots of Jackie by the way. I, I want to say that, but it was just Taz is like, get Jackie back on the screen, get instead of watching this shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's basically what he was saying. Mm. He wasn't wrong. Well, he wasn't to be fair. So after the match, gents, we then go backstage where JBL is cutting a promo in the third person and says the only reason he isn't champ right now is because Eddie got disqualified in the last match. That cannot happen tonight, and he reckons because he shows the audience what they are all like, that's why the crowd don't like him. I mean, I have a lot of problems with JBL at this point. I really do, uh, Callum, but he can't deny he wasn't trying, at least. You know, he was, he was trying to get over. He was he was, he was putting his all into it. It's just the fact it's Bradshaw. Yeah, I mean, and, and he was Bradshaw up until six weeks prior. Yeah. So he grows, like, so the thing was, he by the time he loses the title, spoilers, obviously. He might not win the title tonight, sorry for that, he was not watched that. Um, <laughs> but, for, like... By the time he loses the title, 
he's in a position where he could probably be a title challenger. He gets there eventually, but by this point, he's painfully, painfully unprepared. But as you say, he is given it. He is given it a good go. He is. He is. He is very much trying. Um, and 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 fair play to him. He's been thrust into a position that he wasn't ready for, and I don't. That's not. That's not his fault. Um, and he's just. He's he's making the best of it. Making the best of a, of a bad situation. And like, and like, like I said, like I said in the first match, just, just a simple thing, just swap him in, just like saying until he's ready, just swap him and Booker over. Booker could have been world champion. Oh, easily. Know, yeah. At this point, you know, the audience would have accepted it. Well, I think so. Because Booker's just, Booker's just come off the, Booker's just come off this big heel, this big yes. heel turn on on Van Damme. He, he fought, he was against the Undertaker at Judgment Day, so he's never been, he's never been. Hotter as a as a heel, or he's not really been a heel in the company for for a while. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, I think I think you're spot on with that. Uh, like it's it's just it's just you know it's, it's not going to be an amazing show with that change, but it's going to be a hell of a lot better. <laughs> and, and and your next your next few months are going to be a lot better as well because you've got a guy who's who is ready and prepared to be in yeah. that position. And then you could put you could put the title on Bradshaw by Survivor Series easy. Just give him, just give him six months to, you know, warm himself up. Anyhow, we'll get, we'll get to there when we get to the match because our next it's, match in the ring, gentlemen, is for the cruiserweight championship. Are they still calling the cruiserweight championship of the world at this point? I remember that. Like, I don't know why he got the, that much of an overblown intro, but it is a match between Rey Mysterio, our champ, and the challenger, Chavo Guerrero. Chavo won a battle royal to get to this spot. Uh, Caleb, my first note on the match reads, nah, when Rey could jump through on the stage without destroying his knees. Remember those glory days? It's the good, the good old days of Rey Mysterio Jr., where he could, he could do things that, were, that mere mortals could only dream of. Um, yes, this... We're not quite peak Ray at this point in time, because uh, as you say, his knees are destroyed. He, he, peak Ray was two thousand, probably two thousand two, two thousand three. He was on an absolute tear. Uh, has he has he just come back from a knee injury at this point, or is he just about to get a knee injury at this point? I I think he's just about to get the, an injury right. at this point because he was definitely at WrestleMania and, mm-hmm. and he was in the Rumble. So, and I think I, I do think I remember him being at Judgment Day because I, I did watch Judgment Day. Um, so I think I remember him being at Judgment Day. So he might just be then, about to get one. And then obviously he's back. He's back by the Rumble in 2005. Cause that's when the Eddie stuff all starts. Mm-hmm. So yes, so he's so he's not quite peak, but he's certainly not as bad as as he would be. Um, so slightly less than peak Rey Mysterio against Chavo Guerrero Jr. and Chavo <laughs> Chavo. You know, <laughs> well done to you, sir. You made an almost peak Rey Mysterio match boring. You had the crowd completely taken out of it. <laughs> if you look at the reaction that Eddie gets at the end of the WWE title match, how has the apple fallen so far from that Guerrero tree? <laughs> the gobbledygooker was more entertaining than him. Honestly. I, it, 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 I, I did not enjoy this match at all. I might be missing something from it, but I didn't enjoy it at all. I gave it a gentleman's two, which makes oh. it sound as if which makes it sound as if I enjoyed it a, a, a smidge. But if, if it's a, like a Rey Mysterio matches around this time should be much better than a gentleman's two. Thanks, Chavo. 
Bring back Java Classic. That's what I say. I went. I went three and a quarter. Like, I genuinely thought there was all a really good psychology in this match. The the knee and bicep work for if Chad's listening, I, I doubt he is, but if Chad's listening, the the knee and bicep work were excellent. Um, come on, Logan. I know I know you like this match, so come on, help help me out, help a boy out here. Yeah, I mean, usually I would be on Callum's side. Chavo is the most boring human being in the history of the world. How did he end up so bad that he was from this great? wrestling family and his uncle is one of the more entertaining superstars of all time uh definitely an awesome character really good wrestler for the most part but actually didn't mind him i get the boredom part because part of his like his offense probably was pretty boring but it was also at the same time like it was very psychology based kind of like ben said like everything he did was to the knee everything he would did was to the injured part of ray's body so i do think I do think that that was a really good part of this. Um, some of the stuff Ray can do still at this point, I think he's still kind of, he's kind of probably at the end of his peak, but like he can still do some crazy stuff um, just athletically uh, throughout the match. Um, the match was a lot more submission based than I would have thought. We uh, on YouTube Roulette, we watched a Ray Mysterio and I want to say it was Psychosis match from like Japan or Mexico, one of the two. Um, and it was very submission based. It was like two out of three falls and every every fall ended with submission. So it kind of reminded me of that match. That match was much better, obviously. But uh, at the same time, it had a lot of submissions and it was something that I don't really use, usually see Ray uh, do a lot. But it was it was definitely different. Um, I will say I do like uh, I did like Travo's ruthlessness to the knee once it got hurt pretty bad and, it, and then he weakened it throughout the match. I just thought it was a really good, solid cruiserweight match. Had a little bit of everything. Uh, finish showed how resilient Ray was despite getting out wrestled for most of the match when he hit the code red. Um, but I actually went three and a half. I really liked it. I, I, I like, like I say, I'm three and a quarter. I could, I could go up to three and a half quite easily on it. I think there was two, two other things. You just mentioned one of them that I loved in this match. One was the code red. Always, always good to see a code red in 2004. And second of all, I don't know if you picked up on it, but the whole bit at the beginning of the match when um, Taz was unsure about how Ray could talk with the mask on oh, just yeah. absolutely <laughs> killed me. <laughs> Cole's um, Cole's like there's a mouth there's a hole in there he can he can talk vice what <laughs> I don't know I can see the Cole he has those weird things going on <laughs> like and like we keep saying Taz and Cole are pretty much the lone highlights of the show <laughs> oh they are they are on they are on it from from minute one they are on it completely. <laughs> Backstage we go, where Tori Wilson is now in the hot tub with Kidman, Funaki, and Spike Dudley, who all think they would have won the cruiserweight title tonight if they were in the match. Tori has had enough of all this cruiserweight chatter and decides just to stand up and let all the, the let the boys see her body, and gets ready and decides to get ready for her match tonight. Now, boys, help me out here because I know you guys know a bit more about the scuttlebutt than I do. Are Kidman and Tori still together at this point? Yes. I mean, yeah, I, I, I'm sure he's, I'm sure he's quite comfortable with uh, two other men looking at his missus like that. <laughs> he's, he'll be, he'd be delighted because they know he's punching. He is, he is very much punching. I think. 
You must look back on those days and go, good God. (laughs) (laughs) It was fun while it lasted. They they actually get married. Uh, they actually got married like a, a year before the show. So they. Oh, did they get? Oh, they go. I did, I did, go? I did not know they got married. I did not know they got married. There like, is you go every day's a school day, chicken salad, educational as well as you know rampant bullshit. So we have learned we have learned about a um, marriage and about Norfolk, Virginia already tonight. Yeah, they got married on July eleventh, two thousand and three. So they're about a year in the year in the marriage, pretty much. So. Right, what a what a lucky boy, what a lucky boy. So, so they were so they were getting married right on when um, they did the whole the the sex toys thing. That that match was that match. Then was it Nidia and Jamie so. Noble? Was it was it, was it was it you know what I mean, don't you? The Nidia and Jamie Noble match. Oh yeah, the decent proposal match. That was I don't, it. Think it was, I don't think it was a sex toys match. I don't remember that. What have you been watching? No, no, Jamie, no, Jamie Noble has a case with with all sex toys in it. Did, did he? <laughs> yes, <laughs> definitely, <laughs> definitely. Remember they did also, show that on, on totally the TV She's with Billy Gunn at that point. I know, I know. That's, I know that's the one I'm getting at. So they're married. <laughs> does that is happening? Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> There you go, Callum. That's your research for that. You gotta go watch that match. Well, I rem- no, I remember the match happened. It was Avengers two thousand and three. It was a very, very good show. I don't, yeah. rem- I don't remember the thing. That- I that obviously they cut that out of the ten a.m. version of SmackDown. Any regular listeners to this program, please back me up here. I've got to imagine a match involving those four people and sex toys. Hey there, Mitty. I have me some scrap homes. Let's get after it, dear. Honestly, it was something like that. Anyway. Anyway, let's move on to quite possibly the worst 45 minutes in WWE pay-per-view, or at least part one of it, because we've got a break as well to take. Part one is... Our, a match between Billy Gunn and Kenzo Suzuki. These two men had a match on SmackDown where Kenzo's, I think, wife or certainly manager, Hiroko, threw powder into Billy's face, causing a DQ. Continuing the theme of Taz and Cole's greatness, Taz isn't sure how to pronounce Hiroko's name at the beginning and, pre- and proceeds to announce that most women are not at innocent then as quick as a flash cole says i hope your wife doesn't hear you say that which i don't know that slayed me as well um logan like i say this this begins quite possibly the worst 45 minutes in wwe pay-per-view history um what are we doing with this match what are we doing uh, man I, I don't know uh B- billy billy gunn does his absolute best in this one but Kenzo Suzuki may literally be the worst uh, WWE superstar of all time. Um, he gets the whole royal entrance with the sedan getting brought to the ring. Um, I love Taz struggling with Hiroko's name throughout the match. That was a funny bit that he did the whole time. Kenzo Suzuki hits probably the worst Shining Wizard I've ever seen. Um, <laughs> his offense is horrendously bad and horrendously boring. Um, like I said, the only reason this match is... At, at all passable at points is the fact that Daddy Ass pretty much busts his ass 
uh, to get the crowd a little bit invested. So I I didn't go dud, but I went a quarter star because this is the one of the most terrainous pieces of shit I've ever seen. So that that seems quite fair. I went half a star on it. I mean, it wasn't just a shining wizard, Callum. It was as 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 Taz generously called it, likey shining wizard. <laughs> Shining wizard adjacent. Um, <laughs> yeah. Best bits about this match. Uh, Taz doing the uh, uh, along with gun scene right at the very start. Yeah. Because Taz, uh, Taz is one of us. Uh, another excellent um, pay per view offering here because it's a match literally given. Uh, it's a SmackDown match, considering it is literally a rematch of a match from SmackDown three days back. Um. Taz comes out before the match with the, with one of the greatest lines the man has ever man has ever come out with, fueled by hate, guided by destiny, and his mission is vengeance, which is fantastic. Right? It is absolutely on point. And if he was to do it today with I don't know John Moxley or the Blackpool Combat Club, you tell me if I'm if I'm way off the mark here with somebody that could do it, Ben. No. Nope. Or, 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 or like or like Wardlow. If, he, if they ever decide to do something with him again, it's completely wasted on Kenzo Suzuki. <laughs> completely wasted. Um, yeah, nothing match. His finisher is that drop down knee thing that Christian used to do as a as a as a transition move. Christian is still on the roster at this time, by the way. So you're taking a move out of his move set to give it to this schlub. And it um, looks horrible. It oh, is it is awful. And it's, yeah, I mean, and, and, and the build-up to it is punching him in the small of the back. The guy is rubbish. And the thing, <laughs> and the thing was, I, I, I saw somewhere, Antonio Inoki thought this guy was going to be the future of New Japan. We would never have had fucking, you know, I'm blaming Kenzo Suzuki for Will Ospreay, because if he was the top man, <laughs> we would never have had him. <laughs> Write your letters in now. Yes. I, you know, I don't mean to speak, speak ill of the dead, but Tony... What were you doing, man? <laughs> uh, so I've got I've got a note here. I I, I do go back to the, the Norfolk. The Norfolk scope is such a cool looking arena. So I've got a note. Cool arena. Great fans deserve much better than this. Zero point five stars. That seems. I think that seems very fair. Yeah, I, I, like, pose this, I pose this question. To, sorry, Ben, to cut you off, but I I, I pose this question to some other people. Uh, at some point, and I, I said he has to be one of the worst superstars to ever win a title in WWE. I mean, he's oh, just, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No. won the tag titles later this year, so it's... Or maybe it was earlier this year, actually. I don't know. It was it was in a, th- in a three or a four, I'm pretty sure, so... David Arquette was better than Kenzo Suzuki, and David Arquette's an actor. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Bad Bunny. All these guys recently. Bad Bunny, Logan Paul... Uh, fucking Gronk was better than him. All these celebrities were getting coming in. This guy was. Uh, this guy. This was his profession. It's rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> Just say what you think, Callum. Do you know what? Do you know what? I'm going to bring it out here. He is shite. There it is. Yep. He definitely is. And you won't. You won't hear any arguments from us. <laughs> Uh, but gentlemen, before we get to parts two and three of the shite theatre, I, I think we need to take a break. So, you know, let's just watch out. Let's just wash our mouths out from that. Um, so for Callum McDougall and Logan Crosland, I'm Ben Locke. We will be back with more Great American Bash and we will see you on the other side.
Place to be nation. Welcome back to episode 38 of Chicken Salad. My name is Ben Locke. I'm here with Logan Crosland and Callum McDougall, and we are reviewing the Great American Bash of 2004. So let's get back to it. Paul Heyman is in the back with Paul Bearer, who is tied up in a chair. Heyman says he isn't bluffing, despite what everybody thinks, and says if Taker doesn't do the right thing, Oh, sorry, if Taker does the right thing, then Barry will have nothing to worry about tonight. He then comes back into shot and says that even if Taker does the right thing, he may not do the, he might not do the right thing. And the reason I'm getting confused by that is because there's so many occasions of them saying do the right thing that you can't keep up with them at times. <laughs> Our next match in the ring is a Divas match pitting Tory Wilson against Sable. Now, gentlemen, I don't know if you remember back in 1998, but Sable had a match, a mixed tag match. She was tagging with Mar Mero. And their opponents that night were Luna Vachon and the artist formerly known as Goldust. Now, you know Goldust in the WWE, but he was also in WCW. His name was Dustin Rhodes at that point, and he was also known as... Well, they call him the natural. Natural. Natural as can be. They call him the natural. Natural. It comes naturally. He's the son of a son and son of a gun. The horse does the rodeo bulldog. He's the natural one. Now we have to talk some highlights of this match because there ain't many. There ain't many. So let's talk. Let's talk a few highlights of this match. First of all, you have Tory Wilson carrying on with the red, white, and blue motif all throughout the match, and as well as that, we have Taz carrying on his carrying on his uh, greatness for the evening by singing us a bit of Tom Jones by singing What's New Pussycat, which I liked a lot. Then Taz and Cole ruined things totally by saying that they don't want to see Dean Malenko and Arn Anderson in the ring. No, no, no. They want to see Tory Wilson and Sable in the ring. Um, Callum, I could do play-by-play -play at this point, but really, what is the point? There, there was not much play to play by play. Um, <laughs> to, to, to really, um, well, depends on what you were doing when you were taking your notes. I suppose. Um, I, 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 my first note is along those lines. This won't be a five star classic, but at least the crowd might have some to be interested in because they uh -huh. have been they have had nothing to cheer since John Cena came out or since, since Cena won. And well, sorry, maybe Ray coming out before Chavo did Chavo things. Um, <laughs> At this point, where uh, it, 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 it's, it's the Tasmaniac reference from Michael Cole that was unexpected and appreciated, but also when I realised that they were not ever going to take this match seriously, and they were just they were just out to pop each other. They've had enough of this. We've had enough of this, and they are just trying to keep each other uh, keep each other's spirits up. Um, I can't remember exactly what Taz said, but he, he says something, and it just completely derails Cole, and uh, it just it, it just keeps for the whole match. It just keeps trying to 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 make Cole break, and he does eventually, um, which was which was the highlight of the match. Um, despite the finish, which uh, Charles Robinson has clearly on the take, uh, not for the first time, probably not for the first time in Norfolk, Virginia. Uh, 
but uh, one star for me because it was much better than uh, the Reigns and Suzuki matches. Well, one star. I mean, I I flew to a minus territory for this, but okay, well, well, one star. Well, okay, I'll go. I'll go zero point seven. I, I forgot we did. I forgot we did the quarter stars, so I will go zero point <laughs> seven because I'm just proving a point. <laughs> Good lad. Now, Logan, many people who listen to Highway to the Impact Zone as well as this podcast will know that you are placed to be nation's resident refereeing correspondent. So, the floor is yours when I'll let you discuss Charles Robinson's refereeing performance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll talk about the match a little bit before that, but um, a half star is what I went. Um, this, uh, this, again, like a lot of the matches throughout the night, gets far too much time. Um, it goes six minutes and six seconds, I believe is the time for it, uh, looking at the uh, card on Wikipedia right now. So this should have gone about a minute and six seconds instead of six minutes and six seconds. But um, I didn't think it was any more offensive than any other SmackDown women's match of the time period. I thought it was fine. You know, it, it, these, these girls aren't trained wrestlers. They just throw them out there to look nice, and they do look nice, so there's that. So, um, But neither of Tori's shoulders are down on, on the mat for the pin, and Charles Robinson is looking directly at her and somehow misses this fact. So my last note is be better, Charles, because tonight <laughs> you sucked. So there's that. Callum, I get the feeling that Logan isn't angry. He's just disappointed. Yes. Yes. Just Charles, let's just sit down here. Be better. <laughs> just be better. <laughs> Charles, I hope you were having your review that week. I believe my exact message to you guys when I first watched it was, oh no, Charles, oh no. <laughs> Charles, would you like to come in, into my office and we'll, we'll talk this through? We'll just, have an, we'll just have an informal chat, but I'll document it. Yes, we'll not, we'll not raise voices, it'll all be hushed tones, but just know, I think you're a fucking idiot. Now... <laughs> <laughs> Gents, uh, so we've had a Kenzo Suzuki match. We've had a Divas match. And like I said, this is genuinely the worst 45 minutes of WWE pay-per-views I've ever seen because we then go backstage where Dawn Marie is with Renee uh, Dupree, who is upset about the injustice from his match earlier on tonight. But he decides that the best thing to do is to show Dawn his French tickler. The FBI of Nunzio and Johnny... Is it Johnny the Bull? Cat Logan, I know you remember these things better yes, than me. That, that is Johnny the Bull Stanley, for sure. I, 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 I thought he was. I, I, you know, I thought I'd clarify. They come in, and Nunzio wants to show Dawn his 15 inches and puts his foot up on the hot tub, which I'm sure would, ble- would have pleased Sean greatly. Um, they infer that guys with big feet also have big dicks, which I didn't know was a fact, so, you know... It's like, I don't know if that's a good thing to know, gents. I don't know how you feel about that. Did anybody catch what Johnny said to Renee? Because at that point I was like, oh, it's Vince and a, it's Vince and a dick jag- gag. I'll, I'll tune out. He said, uh, uh, yeah, uh, you have about a size six, don't you? <laughs> and walked away. Ah. And did the, did he do a capiche after? Please say he did a capiche. He, he did not say a capiche, but he did a lot of finger gestures and <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> he did a lot of that. So our next match, gents, then it's like I say we've had we've had a Kenzo match, we've had a Divas match, we've had 
a Rene and Dormarie hot tub segment. We've even had, and I forgot to mention it, The Undertaker brooding downstairs in the boiler room somewhere. Not doing much, but, you know, he, that, that was probably the sole highlight of these 45 minutes. But to round off the holy trinity of suck in the ring, we have a match between Hardcore Holly and Mordecai. But, gents, he's not just Mordecai. He's the Pale Rider, Mordecai. What a nickname. What a nickname. The Pale Rider. Um, More like the Pole Rider. Well, this was was set up by a brawl backstage on SmackDown. Um, Logan, um, again, another match that happened. A more jobber fest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, another match that should have been uh, job jobber filled, but I'm sure it was Hardcore Holly's fault. Uh, oh, I gotta have a competitive match with this guy. I can't let him get over on me like that. So probably something that happened backstage to that effect. Uh, my first note is they are they aren't doing any of these new guys any favors. Reigns doesn't look super impressive against Charlie. Uh, Suzuki doesn't look oppressive against Gunn. They don't just go out there and squash them. So they're really not doing any of these guys any favors having these competitive matches uh, when they're brand new and they're trying to get over that that they're these uh, powerful guys and gimmicks and stuff like that. But um, match was boring uh, for sure, but nowhere near as suck shit as the Suzuki match. So I went half star once again. <laughs> uh, yeah, I went half star as well. So yeah, we're in agreement. Um, now you, you said hey oh before Callum, but um, I've got a note here that um, Mordecai sends Holly into his staff in brackets, not a euphemism, because that hey, actually oh. did that actually did happen at one point. It, it did. He was staffed right in the face. Um, so <clears throat> that's what she said. Yeah, uh, hi-o. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, this one, this is this is the one that I've desperately wanted to see for all the wrong reasons. Because you do hear that this one was that this this is quite an infamous match. Yeah. Um, now it's one of the it's one of these ones, right? That <laughs> it, it was zero point five, right? It was crap. It was absolutely crap. Okay, stop me if you've heard this one before. <laughs> this wasn't a good match, and it was a pointless match. But everyone, everyone is, everyone is, is, is shitting on that this was hardcore Holly ruined Mordecai. Okay, I remember seeing Mordecai for the first time at the Judgment Day 04 uh, pay per view. They put him in with Scotty Too Hotty. Scotty bumped for the guy like there was no tomorrow, and he had this. He had such a cool look, and you can see that he was wasn't great, but. Like he's getting with the Undertaker, they're going. It's going to go back to like ninety four, ninety five. Undertaker slow plodding, but it's it would it would be it would be a cool thing to see. You put him in with Hardcore Holly, the grumpiest bastard that ever stepped foot in the ring. Bear in mind, this is nineteen ninety four. not this isn't nineteen ninety four. This is two thousand and four. Hardcore Holly, you're setting the guy up to fail. Put him in with someone else. Like you, you've 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 spent all this money. You've like you've you've Got this guy who's again not great in the ring, but he is like there is something. When I first saw him at Judgment Day, there was something about him. The the look, there was something there you could have worked with. Putting him in against Hardcore Holly, you are you've just flushed it all down the toilet. So it wasn't the fact that Holly made him look bad. He was never going to make him look good in the first place. Mm And 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 the fact that Hardcore Holly was still employed by this company up until two thousand and nine or two thousand and ten is astonishing. I want to know what he has. Was he the guy that leaked all Vince McMahon's 
uh, hush money payments because he must have had something to have a 15 year tenure in this company despite being absolutely dog shit after the hardcore division finished he is rubbish Again, Callum just keep it all in. And <laughs> I, I feel, I feel like this. The only thing that could make me more angry at this point about this show is if Matt, Matt Striker was on commentary. This would have tipped me over the edge. I would have quit this pod if you had given me these three matches and Matt Striker on commentary. Oh God, God, God! No, no, no! We're not going to do that. <laughs> I feel better now. Thank you for that, guys. That's a therapy is session it, more than anything else. He, he isn't great, and I think we could all agree on that. But is there something to be said for keeping him away from the show where the under Takers on, put him, put him on raw. Just keep him, you know, keep him away. But the big bill was meant to be him and the Undertaker anyway. That was well, that was where they were going with it. But that, no, I, I know, I know that. But you know, we, we're sort of we're sort of dipping our toes into those interpromotional matches, aren't we? So they could have kept they could have kept them apart for a bit and then brought them together at the Rumble or something like that. Mm-hmm. Well, possibly, yeah. Keep him away from Hardcore Holly. Well, He's, definitely keep away from Marco Holly. He has gone from SmackDown literally less than two weeks from this. Yeah, on, I, his, on yeah. his wiki page, he loses to Ray the following uh, SmackDown after this, and then he's gone like immediately after that. So yeah, because I, I watched that match with I I, cause I I watched that match with Ray as well just to see if he was like, and he was do- he was dogging it then, so you can see like I think the bollocking had already taken place. Mm. It, it was completely, completely avoidable. Now, I know I keep saying it, gents, but do you agree with me that this might well be the worst 45 minutes on WWE pay-per-view? I could probably be convinced that it's the worst ever. <laughs> All companies. But given given that I was thingy, given that I wasn't the biggest fan of Chavo and Ray... I mean, this has been. Uh, this was a slog oh, to get yeah, to this so, point. Yeah, so you're 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 probably at an hour and a bit. Well, yeah. if, you count the ra- if you count the rain, match, yeah, you probably are at an hour and a bit, aren't you? Yeah, since the opener, Callum's been pretty pissed. So <laughs> <laughs> it's a running theme. <laughs> <laughs> After the match, we then cut to an advert for SummerSlam, which is focusing on the Olympics as well. 2004 was an Olympic year, so for once, this advert actually made sense. It was it was Kurt being all uh, with all with all the guys doing track and field stuff, wasn't it? If you remember, if you remember it rightly, the next match in the ring is the WWE Championship match between our champion Eddie Guerrero putting the title on the line against JBL. This is a Texas Bull Rope Rules match, which means you have to touch all four corners to win. Now, gents, I have got in my second note that Tony Chimmel explaining the rules for this match is more interesting than the last three matches put together. Because <laughs> Tony was very thorough with the rules. <laughs> there are no DQs, apart from one thing where there might be a DQ if they do it. But don't remember, they don't do it. There's no DQs. <laughs> um, now, Cal, we've mentioned we've mentioned how uh, JBL maybe was you know was nowhere near ready for this spot at this point. But putting him, in, I thought putting him in this kind of no you know mostly no DQ match actually was of benefit for him because you know putting him in a regular match, Eddie would have wrestled rings around him and. He'd have shown nothing. He'd have he'd not be shown nothing of. At least he'd have got to show being a total dick and some power moves. Yeah, this is this is them putting him in a in an environment where he's more comfortable. Yes, um, which does which did help. Um, 
yeah, the, the, the big bloody brawl, breaking tables. You've got a weapon attached to your thingy. You've got a weapon attached to your to your uh, to your wrist. Yeah, it oh, was just weapon attached to your thingy. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to say, I was going to say. <laughs> well, that was that was after the match. When he, when he took when he took the belt back home to Mrs. Mayfield, and then <laughs> the way it was. Look what I won! He walked back in his hotel room to see Mrs. Layfield that night, looking like Johnny Nitro used to come out with the Intercontinental title. <laughs> anyway, it's, it, you have a weapon attached. You have you have a big bell attached to your thingy. Um, bell was sorry. His bell. His bell was attached to his end. Pardon what? <laughs> so, um, Jesus Christ. Um, yeah. So it was I, to get back. <laughs> The next, the next part of the game is Callum trying to get us back on track. Yes. So, <laughs> the, the way, it was an environment that suited them. Let me just let me just say that and not try and put my foot in it anymore. A hardcore, um, a hardcore environment. Yes. Uh, the only th- the only environment that would have been slightly better for would have been like the good old fashioned bar fight that they would have, that the APA would would have from time to time. But other than that, like, this is now up class. Um, up class uh, JBL, not forgetting his Texan roots uh, with a with a bull rope uh, match, and it was. I mean, it was it was. You know, Judgment Day was a good. Was only really well remembered. I don't remember it being a a fantastic match per se. It's just remembered for the absolute bloodbath that it became, and that was purely by chance. Um. So this match was at least somewhat better than that. Um, Eddie did very well as well because this obviously isn't an environment where he's overly comfortable, but he is the consummate professional, one of the best ever do it. So he was he was absolutely fine. Um, but the finish, oh my goodness, how convoluted um, <laughs> is is the best is the best I can say about that. Very convoluted, a bit crap. But other than that, it, it was it was uh, probably the only way you can end it to save face for Eddie. Whilst getting GBL the belt, and it was just, it was a, it was a means to an end finish. Do we, do we think that chair shot with Eddie? I mean, it was quite good. It was also, it was quite good psychology. But how much of that do we think was a receipt? <laughs> Might have been. Well, I, I, well, from ever enough gathered, these two guys were like best pals backstage. But GBL loved to take a chair shot. I mean, GBL was a nutter. Yeah. Um. So he would. I, I think he's probably. I think he'd probably um, quite happy, as much as he can be happy to take a chair shot to the forehead. <laughs> yeah, now, he's now, going throughout his uh, his title reign. He likes to bleed a lot, so there's that. Mm. Yeah, so you can you can you can see a young John Moxley looking at him going bleeding a lot. Seems to work. <laughs> now, what I will say, what I will say, Logan, like about about this match it's not great it's it, you know, it's good it's possible i gave it three stars but there is some there is some quite there is quite a good bit of psychology around the you know about the touching the post things like i i like the bits where was it eddie or was it, i think it was eddie couldn't get to the fourth quarter because jbl rolled out the ring so the rope wasn't long enough and i liked all of that because they were using the brains a bit as well as the brawling yeah, I, I do like the uh, rope part of the psychology of the of these kinds of matches. I hate the turnbuckle touching thing. I, yeah, I, 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 I usually I do. I can't yeah. stand it. 
Um, it, it kind of it, it just breaks up the match. I don't feel like it ties together a very good story uh, throughout. I think it kind of gets convoluted, uh, kind of like Callum said. I went three and a quarter. Uh, both guys use the rope, uh, and the bell is a very well, very well as an offensive move. I thought it was very good how they used it throughout the match. I love the callback to the chair spot from Judgment Day. They kind of even shoot it the same way with the camera and everything. So I thought that was awesome. The gusher, not quite as uh, voluminous as it was at Judgment Day, I'll say. Um, uh, nobody nicked an artery this time and had to go get a blood transfusion after the match. So. Um, Guerrero gets thrown from like the apron or the top rope to, onto the table and it doesn't bust. I thought that was a real gross, brutal spot. And then JBL power bombs him right after that to follow, and it's really brutal as well. Um, the reason I hate these uh, touch the corner strap slash bull rope matches is because they seem to change the rules to fit however they want it to go throughout the yeah, match. Yeah, yeah. So any other time before the final. Um, the final touching the, the that ends the match or ends this particular match. If there was a move or a strike in between them touching the post, it ended the you know like that ended that round of touching touching the post. So, but at the end, Eddie hits a punch or like a kick or something like that, and it just keeps going. And then it obviously it ends with the leap into the into JBL that hits him into the post. Um, so I feel like they just kind of changed that how they wanted it to because that needed to be the end of the match. Um, I do feel like with it being a bull rope match, it is fitting that there is a dusty finish because this is the most dusty roads match ever, and this this was like finish <laughs> that would have been right out of his playbook. So um, I, I thought the match was good. I I, I do think that uh, Judgment Day was match was a little bit better, but uh, it's probably mostly because of the bleeding. Um, but, uh, I, I thought it was solid, but it still could have been definitely better. <laughs> yes. You got to nick an artery to get an extra star from us. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, Cal, that's how you do it. Call it just an offensive move, not a, not a bell end weapon or whatever. <laughs> yes. Yes. I, I see the error of my ways now. Yes. Yes. See, Logan's a, profe- Logan's a professional round here. What I just like to do is I like to give, I like to give our listeners, just a, a full description and understanding of everything. They, they got, you know, they got, they got a full description, all right. Yes, not necessarily <laughs> a description of what was in front of us, but a description nonetheless. Ooh. Yes, quite. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, gents, all, after after those matches, are we all ready for our main event? Are we strapped in and ready to go? No, because this is <laughs> now. Logan, how can you, Logan, how can you say such a thing? Because this, this isn't just any old match, gentlemen. This is the Undertaker versus the Dudley Boys in a concrete crypt match. Ooh, I hear you cry. What? What is a concrete crypt? Yep. Well, that is where Paul Bearer is sat in a tank slash crypt that is getting filled with cement unless the Undertaker, quote-unquote, does the right thing. The Dudley boys are the tag team champs at this point. Paul Heyman pushes the levers straight after the Undertaker's entrance, and the cement starts going in. We find out that the right thing is for the Undertaker to lay down so the Dudleys can win. Uh, Logan, um, that goes about as well for the Dudleys as you can expect. I mean, the Dudley boys 
all right, probably got one foot out the door at this point, but they're still your tag champs. Um, you know, we're, we're just treat, treating them as a joke, basically, an afterthought to this match. Yeah, they, they do make them look like shit. I mean, being the tag champions makes it even worse. Like, you're actively telling that, telling them that they you don't give a shit about them, which makes it makes it makes sense that they're kind of demotivated and kind of halfway halfway out the door, headed to uh, TNA at this point. Um, but this main eventing paper main eventing a pay per view shows you how fucked their roster was at this point. They don't have Kurt. They just lost Brock. They just lost Goldberg. Um, Eddie's obviously demotivated to the point where he or you know anxious or whatever is going on with him uh to where he he didn't feel like he could be at the top of the card so um so this just shows you how really screwed they were at this point and how bad they needed some stars uh, on the smackdown side um and they were searching for them and failing for the most part uh with that because you know takers like still fine refine tuning the dead man character he hadn't played it for you know uh four or five years at this point so um you know, it, it he was he was really just trying to get that back to uh, where where it, he thought it was uh, he was confident in doing it again. And you know, like we said, the Dudleys were halfway out the door at this point. Um, the match itself, work wise, is probably fine, but the booking of it is so scatterbrained because it's like, oh, Taker does a move, and then Paul Heyman fills the thing with uh, more concrete, and then you know, it's back and forth and back and forth, and constantly throughout Heyman. I mean, I'm usually good with him cutting promos, but he talks like almost the whole match, so it's just so scatterbrained and all over the place. Um, Bad dog, yeah. Logan. Bad dog. <laughs> And with the whole thing, uh, they won't—they won't bury uh, Bearer. They won't do the whole thing, uh, obviously. Um, and then all of it at the end is completely put away because Taker wins and he buries him anyway. So stupid, stupid all around. Um, just for the match being fine and the work being all right, I gave it a one. But that's 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 a very 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 gentleman's one. The Germans want. Um, so, Callum, simple question for you: um, What's worse, the match or the uh, the obvious cutaway at the end of the match where Taker pulls the lever, where no cement comes out, and then two seconds later, Paul Bearer's head is uh, it, the cement is already up to Paul above Paul Bearer's head. It was all pretty bad, wasn't it? Um, let's go the let's go let's go the match let's go the match because they weren't like, I had a note on earlier on how are they going to get away with the attempted murder match um, and <laughs> Heyman's bit earlier on did, w- w- was quite good it said that um, he said that it's only happening because people think he's bluffing which is fine well done you've you've you've, you've alleviated that fear um but yeah, it was all just, again, just a bit crap. And I remember, the start of the year, I was lucky enough to be on Wrestling 20 years ago with our good friend Rory McNamara, the podcast legend. And we were talking about Royal Rumble 2003. And I made a point on that one that the Dudley boys in 2003, now obviously I have to pretend that I am in January 2003, so I said at this point the Dudleys are so far past their sell-by date because their contemporaries are all away doing, doing something else. The Hardy boys split up in 2002, Edge and Christian split up in 2001, and here we are in the summer of 2004, and the Dudley boys are still doing the same old shit week in, week out. The, the best thing that the Dudleys ever did was leave to go to TNA. 
because they are just spinning their wheels. And as you said, as you said, Logan, it shows how poor that they are that the, Dud- the, the roster is. That the Dudley Boys are considered main eventers on SmackDown in two thousand and four. It's just that they, they bring nothing to the company at this point in time, which is what, to be honest, I said that when in Jan- when I was talking about them in January two thousand and three. <laughs> so like you're eighteen months later, they're still bringing nothing. Okay, they've changed their outfits a bit and they're on SmackDown. Whoop to do. Because there's no other tag teams on. There's no other tag teams on SmackDown. So it's just like pointless, pointless. But the Dudley Boys are pointless. Mm-hmm. Um. So it was just you know they were on, they were on to a loser straight away with this match. You have to put in all this fluff about concrete clips because you need to thingy because you need to. There's better ways to thingy to to to, to write off Paul Bearer than this. But you have this this melodrama that he's going to. That they're going to do it, and I, I, as you see, Logan, at the end, they just they just do it anyway. So it's like, what's the whole point? Just chuck them down the stairs, like like Kane would do <laughs> a couple of years later. <laughs> I, I, yeah, it was just all. There was no need for this. There was no need for the Dudley Boys to main event a pay per view. The Undertaker doesn't need to face the Dudley Boys. He went from it was Booker T at the last pay per view. Go back to how Booker T's been mishandled as well. It was just the whole thing was was on was that was they were they were up against it straight away. They were hiding in nothing from the get go, and if not even uh, Paul Heyman could have, could save it. If you'll if you'll pardon the pun, um, this show on this uh, this show should have a tombstone that should have on it. There's just no need for this. Just the entire show, just just no need. Yeah, I mean there has been there has been. Bad pay-per-views, as we have, as collectively we've all watched, and you've the two of you have watched more than I have. This match, the, the, the annoying thing about this match was it this show was that it didn't need to happen. It is completely pointless. Absolutely, um, but that is the end of the show. But it is not the end of our show, as we have some awards together. I will stick with you, Callum. Of what, everything we have watched tonight, I know you're not a huge fan of. What was the best match you watched of everything? Um, I, I would go. The, I would go the Bill Rope match. Okay, uh, Logan. Ray Chavo. Uh, I've got the tie vote, and I will go for Ray Chavo as well. Oh. I, know, <laughs> I know. I know. I know. Right. I know. Right. I'm a spark, Callum. Don't don't worry. Logan, which of the uh, which of the Jobber Fest matches um, or the Diva match are you going to go for the worst match? Uh, Suzuki and Gun. Uh, Cal. Oh, it has to be Suzuki and Gun. Yeah, I'm right there with Logan. Uh, clean. It's a clean sweep. That's also what I went for. Um, most surprising match, Callum. Surprising could be surprisingly good. Surprisingly bad. I, I will. I will go with. I will go. Ray Chavo because I was surprised how much I didn't enjoy it. Okay, um, I've gone for Ray Chavo because I'm surprised how much I did enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, the I'm going to go with Ben on that one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go with Ben on that one. Uh, that's absolutely right. That's amazing. Um, so now I'm not. Now we we have got obviously the the short kid shit take award to give out at various times, but Cal, I don't think that is a particular shit take because we all hate Chavo. So mm. you know that seems that seems a perfectly natural thing to say. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I'm, I'm, thank you for your generosity. I was, I was fully prepared. I was fully prepared to take the fall on that one, but thank you for that. Well, appreciate, you know, I appreciate that. Some, 
sometimes sometimes there's, there's no need you know we, 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 we like what we like and we hate what we hate it's just it's I was just, feeling very psychological about my wrestling so if I hadn't have been in that mood I probably wouldn't have I probably would have been in your boat on that match yeah yeah I definitely get don't it. Do not get me wrong. Yeah, I'm with Logan. It caught me. It, that match caught me in the right mood. I think it was because <laughs> I I split the show down to watch it, and at that point, I think I'd either stopped and gone done something. So it like it was the first match back, if you know what I mean. If it had been like the third or fourth match, then yeah. I, I wonder if I should. I wonder if it's just start watching these. As strange as it sounds, why would we watch a, a pay per view on one sitting like we would have done had we watched it on on the night? But maybe I should start watching these. <laughs> Because I know that they're going to be pretty poor. Start watching them <laughs> on, uh, like, in, in bits, like half-hour chunks. That's that's the way I've started doing it now, like, 45-hour chunks. Yeah. Because there's not a match on a show a couple of months ago where I just eviscerated it. And it was probably because <laughs> I was just tired watching it. Because the, the rest of the show is rubbish. <laughs> that, sounds about, that, sounds, that sounds about right for us. <laughs> Um, okay, the fact the fashion statement of the night. Um, now I've gone for Logan. I've gone for Tory's red, white. Any of Tory's red, white, and blue outfits. How about you? Yeah, I went with Tory's uh, Uncle Sam top hat and uh, oh yeah, and yeah, I think, at the beginning for sure. Yeah, I think I think yes, yeah, I think the top hat at the beginning probably just about swings it for uh, um, Callum. Um, I will go. I will go the other side of the coin. The the the, the, the funny get up that Sable had for our match was. Was was wonderful. Was oh, very, yes. very. Yes. It was funny. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, and I forgot. I forgot to mention in the uh, Sable match as well because I know at this point, like here and Brock had started dating, obviously. So she'd been learning how Brock had been showing her how to throw forearms as well as other things in that match, and that straight jacket attempt was quite comical as well. But yes, <laughs> the whole the whole outfit I thought was very well done, very tasteful. Uh, Callum. The most important question of the night, of course, is this show chicken salad or chicken shit? I think we know the answer. There is there is few shows that I would that like that have no redeeming qualities on it. This is this is this is the, this is the biggest shit pile we've watched in a long time. Oh, oh, that might be interesting for the league table. Um, Logan, uh, same question for you. Yeah, it's definitely shit. Um, it has a few matches on it that are that are. Pretty good to really good, if, depending on how you felt about him, I guess. Um, so I think it saves it from being like top top of the list, but it's definitely uh, it's definitely towards the uh, upper half uh, of it as well. Now, uh, as for the league table, um, right? So our worst WWE show of all time is in ninth place, which is Survivor Series of '99. Everything else above it is WCW shows now. Callum, I know what you just said, but Slamboree 96 is at number 7, so I don't think this is as bad as Slamboree. This has got a couple of a couple of three-star matches on it. Oh, I start, I've got to, I, I'm, I'm going to have to put it, I'm going to have to put it, say it's better than a, 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 a battle ball. Well, I mean, you know, I originally had this in ninth place. I had this overtaking Survivor Series '99. What was on Havoc Night? I, I wasn't on that episode. What was on Havoc '99? Havoc '99. Oh, that's that's, that, that's, the, that's, that's the one. That's the one with the first of uh, Hogan laying da- uh, yeah. the first laying down for a title. Was there any redeemable f- things on that? There was a pretty good tag team match, if I remember correctly. 
Right, okay. Um, it's certainly it's certainly worse than Survivor Series 99. Um, yeah, because at least survive. I said to Logan, at least Survivor Series 99 had the Austin stuff on there. I mean, I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to put it ninth if, if you guys, if you guys want to put it there. Um, uh, are you happy with ninth, Logan? I'm, I'm, I'm really yeah, that's happy nice. with ninth. Mm-hmm. It's because uh, well, on that one, you've also got um, Conan bringing Liger down to a poor match, so it's, it's, it's got, the, it's got the comparison to Rain Shavel. <laughs> as long as it's got the comparison, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I'd have to All watch right. Halloween Havoc '99. I don't really remember any of this card. Looking back at it, so what, what was on? The, what was on the card? Remind me. Okay, it's in, uh, Disco versus Lash Larue. Oh, oh no, that was awful. That was awful. I remember that. That was Harlem, awful. Harlem Heat versus the Filthy Animals versus the First Family. Oh, that um, was that weird. That was that one where they tried to do like a, the big brawl, and it just was. Remember, they went backstage and they yeah. ate him with the he ate him with the bloody the, the, the mummy sarcophagus, the thing. mummy yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then we had Eddie Eddie Perry, uh, Brad Armstrong versus Berlin. Oh, Benoit, Total Package versus Brett. Then we have uh, Sting Hogan, where Hogan lays down. Goldberg beats Sid. Uh, um, DDP beats Flair in a strap match, and then Goldberg beats Sting at the end of the night to win the world title. I can't remember the DDP match, but the Saturn the Saturn Eddie match was okay. That was good. Is the Goldberg Sid match not? Is the Goldberg Sid match not meant to be quite good as well? It was just like it was just like a bloodbath. Yeah, I think it was pretty good. I think from what I remember, yeah, yeah. I think I'm going to need to. I, I keep. I, I keep saying I, I can't come on to these every month. And go. What was on that? I this was before my time. I think I'm actually going to, need to go back and watch the ones that I haven't. I wasn't on. <laughs> that might help. I think. I think we keep it at nine for now, and then we can always move it up and down depending on. Yeah, we need to do a, our, our like 50th episode needs to be us rewatching all of these and re-ranking them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, get, get Sean on and say, get, get, get Sean on and say, Sean, we're, re, we're re-ranking 49 pay-per-views. <laughs> you sure you want to come back and join us? <laughs> Calculator. So 49 pay-per-views at an average of three hours ago is 147 hours worth of research. <laughs> oh, now, we can in, do that. We can bear do in mind, that. Bear in mind, WrestleMania 27 is in one of them. You're going to need to do that in at least eight sittings because that show dragged on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I, I think no, I think we're talking things on air. <laughs> so, although to be fair, we're only a year away from that particular episode. I, I think we could do the top ten. I, don't I think refuse to. to w- no, I refuse to watch Bash to the Beach 99 again. Oh, okay. Okay, <laughs> just go off, just go off your notes for that one. Right. Let's do some plugs. Uh, Callum, have you got any anything you'd like to plug? Anything you'd like to direct the good ladies and gentlemen to? Um, yes, please, Ben. Thank you for the opportunity. I am. Um, Starflation is not on hiatus, um, despite what you may think, but despite what members of the congregation in here thought. Um, <laughs> uh, we are going to be recording another one of them very, very soon. Um, for those who don't know, Starflation is the podcast where five stars is never enough. We go back and re-rank uh, five star matches from before the seven star scale became a thing and uh, and, and, and re-rank them or, or re-rate them uh, to see if they get adjusted for Starflation. Um, other than that, myself and Ben were on a, a, an excellent um, 
uh, if I don't say so myself, uh, Twitch live feed or live stream, a uh, live watch, sorry, of Money in the Bank. It is in the YouTube archives. Um, if you want to go back and listen along, if you want to rewatch that show, because it was a very good show in and of itself. Um, but if you want to see more of them, please follow, like, or subscribe, depending on the terminology, at twitch.tv forward slash place to be nation, youtube.com forward slash at ptb wrestling. Uh, Facebook.com forward slash PTBN live and we do we do have a Twitter which I need to start tweeting from again at PTBN YouTube. Do, have we have we done a thread yet? I've not done a thread, no. I'm 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 not happy with it. That's where that's where the cool kids are. We need to start threading. So, uh, that, that, would, that would also mean I need to because you can't have threads without Instagram or a, Yes. Okay, can you not? I don't think so. Yes. I don't know. I need to add Logan, you're one of the kids. Is, is that yeah, yeah, I think you have to have an Insta to connect it or whatever. Well, you have to, you have to have, a, you have to have access to the gram. Yes. I don't need, I don't need people seeing pictures of me. I'm, you know, I'm quite self-conscious enough. <laughs> uh, Logan, anything you would like to plug while you're here? Too many things. Too many things. Oh, here we go. Here oh, we go. oh, they themselves uh, in. in, everybody. Um, YouTube Roulette, uh, Highway to the Impact Zone, and Who's Next. I've got that on the Place of Nation Wrestling feed where we are at right now. Um, Talking Docs, uh, Seven Months of Danger, that just ended, so uh, that is uh, that is finished. Uh, we reached the end of that one, so 23 episodes uh, was the total number. Um, and that will be replaced with Linking Up Luchas, which is a Lucha Underground retrospective. So check all those out. He says he says twenty three episodes count, but you know I think we all know there was ninety six. It was just some smart editing that made it. Convinced. I would say it felt like ninety six <laughs> at least. So. <laughs> um, so the gents have mentioned everything that I'm on. Um, we did we did do a highway to the impact zone. Uh, Logan then because he's a sadist recorded two episodes of highway in three nights, so he subjected himself to about six hours of. TNA watching over, over a two-night period. <laughs> and most of it was pretty good, at least. So. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, there was no, to be fair, there was no Billy Gunn blackface going on on the episode yeah, I watched. So, you know, <laughs> always helps. Well, honestly, it's one, of the, it's one of the most shocking things you'll ever see, the fact that that was 2006, that was happening. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, for, I think we'll, I think we'll wrap things up there. So, for Callum McDougall and Lone Crosland, I'm Benlock, and remember everybody, in a world where you can be anything that you want to be, be kind. Thank you so much for listening to Chicken Salad, and we will see you again next month. And God bless America.
check me twice Will I pay my dues for all 